Well, good morning. Uh, you can turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. If you haven't been with us, we've been walking through the fruit of the Spirit, all nine of them. We've slowed down in our study of Galatians, and we're looking at each one of the fruit. Last week was uh, peace, and today uh, we're talking about patience. A uh, story is told of an older man who uh, became increasingly lonely, and so he decided, I'm going to get a pet. So he went down to the pet store and was undecided about what pet to get, and so he went in and asked the attendant, hey, I want to get a pet. Can you help me? Can you make recommendations? And the attendant said, sure, I've got the perfect one for you. It's, uh, it's a rare pet. Uh, people have become, become to love it lately. It's all the rage. It's exciting. It's very different and nuanced. It's a centipede. So the man says, I'll take it. So he gets the centipede, takes it home with joy in his box, and uh, he, he decides he's going to go out on the town with his pet that night. You know, it sounds ridiculous. So he gets dressed, and he's uh, about to walk out the door, and he says to his pet centipede, you ready to go? Nothing. He says, are you ready to go? He hears nothing. Very impatient, he, he, he says, I said, are you ready to go? He leans down and hears a little small voice that says, I told you to be patient. I'm putting my shoes on. <laughs> Trying to follow Rusty's lead, sorry. <laughs> um, it's funny, as I study this week, I would run into people and they would ask what I'm doing, especially at the coffee shop, and say, what are you studying? Patience. Oh, man. I don't know if I need to come to that sermon. Um, in fact, as I studied, I thought, I need to be tested for patience. And so I got tested for patience uh, this week, and the results came back negative. <laughs> and then I decided to attend a seminar on patience. I just can't wait to attend. It'll take a while for some of you. <laughs> patience. It's what we all long to grow in, but it escapes our grasp, right? It's one of the things that we see in our lives that is very clear to see day in and day out. Patience is tough, but it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. So I want to ask, how do you see the Lord growing you in patience as we dive into our passage today. So Galatians chapter 5, and just read the passage that we've been reading, start with verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you dance in delight with one another from eternity past to eternity future, and you call us into that delight. And yet we are in life as we know it, and we engage with the hardships of life due to the fall of man, sin and misery that plagues us and therefore produces impatience in us. We pray, Father, that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts, that Holy Spirit, you would teach us this morning so that we may adore Jesus. 
And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock, my redeemer. We pray pray all this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people say, Amen. In a recent article on studyfinds.com, writer John Andrew noted this, Patience is a virtue, we'll all say that, but it's becoming an exceedingly rare quality in modern society. According to a new survey of 2,000 British adults, all the luxuries of modern life have made most people incredibly impatient across pretty much every aspect of their lives. So every aspect, as, as they looked at patience within the lives of these 2,000 people, three-quarters of those surveyed said that they believe the dominance of digital technologies such as smartphones and on-demand TVs are to blame for this ever-growing lack of patience. Respondents, and listen to this, reported becoming frustrated after just 16 seconds of waiting for a web page to load, after 25 seconds of waiting for a traffic light to change. Oftentimes, all it takes is mere seconds of waiting, they say, for people to lose their control or lose their cool. For example, respondents reported losing their temper after just 20 seconds of waiting for ink to dry on a greeting card. Additionally, it only takes 22 seconds for people to start cursing their computers or TVs if a show or movie doesn't immediately start streaming correctly. Surveyed Brits also reported losing their cool after just 18 seconds of searching for a pen. Another modern technology. Wouldn't think of it as that way. One writer in a recent article on technology stated, Technology has abbreviated time and killed patience. So the very thing that's helped to help us actually save time actually moves in us to be more impatient. This is not a sermon about the ills of technology. Technology is good. There's great things about technology, so I want to put that out there. Uh, I could preach a sermon about technology, but the reality is impatience is not just from mere technology growing. It's from our hearts. It's a reality of the fall of man. And, and secularists don't see this, but we see it clearly in the scripture, and we see it as true to life. We see it in our own lives. It just crops up. Whether we have technology or not, impatience grows. Needless to say, we have a patience problem, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. In fact, it's not just a problem out there in the world. It has leaked into the church, and we are increasingly impatient with one another with leadership or with preferences not being met inside the walls of the church. So that's the bad news. Here's the good news. God is out for your flourishing in all of this. God is out for your flourishing, my flourishing, our flourishing as a church, which is to say that he is zealous to grow your patience in all seasons and situations of life. He is zealous to grow your patience in all seasons and situations. I want to go about this three ways uh, with three questions. How is patience defined biblically? So it's the first question. Second question is, how does God produce patience in our lives? And then thirdly, what is our motivation? So definition, how does God produce it? And then what is our motivation last? Let's start with the definition. There's two words in our New Testament that are often translated as patience or with synonyms of patience. One word here in our text uh, is essentially it means long passion or long anger or more clearly slow to anger. 
A Greek dictionary describes it as a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune and without complaint or irritation. I'll say that again. A state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune and without complaint or irritation. James 5, 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. Patience is that calmness of heart, no matter what the situation. It's, it's the calmness that while under the burden of injustice or experiencing hardship, you wait for the Lord to deliver and to provide. It's a continual disposition of peace, which is, if you remember our, our former fruit, right before patience is peace. It's that disposition of peace that endures hardship, looking for relief, longing for relief. But patience is not merely passive. It is definitely passive for sure, but patient is, patience is active. It's both passive and active in nature. The second word used in the New Testament brings this out a little bit. It essentially means to endure or to persevere steadfastly. Those are some of the ways it's translated. It's this one word that's made of two different words together, which means to remain under. Think of Atlas holding the world on his shoulders, burdened under that weight. So to endure or to remain under, and it's more of an active enduring, a persevering through hardship or trial. I want to move to our second question. So it's a little bit of definition, but I want to get into the goody of how does, how does God produce patience within our lives? What is, how does he do this? What's it look like? Well, first and foremost, we can't forget this. Patience is a gift given by God. It's a gift. The fruit of the Spirit are given to us through the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. And he, the Spirit, is given to us by God through faith in the finished work of Christ. So we have to remember that patience or any of the fruit of the Spirit is all grace. It's all gift. Every bit of it. All of life is grace. It's a gift given to us that we would walk in, that we would grow in. So God grants us the seeds of faith, and included in that is faith growing in character, which is what the fruit of the Spirit actually is, is growing in character in our faith. I want you to rest assured this morning, if you're a believer, if you're walking in Christ, God has given you patience as a gift, and He is nurturing that gift within you. He is growing that gift. In this way, our growth in patience is passive because it's a gift. But it is active. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5, and, and just like we've been doing, we'll flip around just a little bit in the Scriptures. Romans 5 is a, a key passage to help us analyze how God grows us in patience. We'll read verses 3 through 5 here. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Again, that's that word for patience. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I'll say it this way. Suffering is the greenhouse by which God grows our patience. Suffering is the greenhouse by which God grows our patience. 
And, and that's all incredibly difficult for us. Suffering is not fun. It is not enjoyable. But God has a purpose in it for us, and it's for our flourishing. He shapes our character through it. If you remember an older term that was used for patience, especially in the King James Bible, is long-suffering or suffering long, waiting under that burden, waiting for the Lord. We see this chain of events here in Romans 5. What does it say? It says, rejoice in your suffering. You may say, what? Wait a minute. Rejoice in my suffering? Paul says, yes. Why? Well, the answer is right here. Because suffering produces patience or endurance, which in turn produces character. But it goes further. Verse 4. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame or disappoint us. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit who's been given back to that grace thing. Back to the gift thing. We have patience. We have all this because it has been given to us. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on us. And therefore, God's love is given immeasurably. What does it look like to walk in patience actively? So I want to talk about that. So God, God uses hardships of life to produce patience, the greenhouse. What does it look like to actually walk in that? Turn to Psalm 40. Psalm chapter 40. Psalm is in the middle of your Bible, basically. Middle of the Old Testament, at the very least. The largest book in our English Bible. Psalm 40, I'm going to read 1 through 3. If you read with me. To the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up. From the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. What do we see here? Notice that what King David is not saying. He didn't say, well, I'm in a quandary here. I need to grow in patience. Let me work on that and grow my patience muscle. We often are prone to go in that direction, and that is an anti-relational direction. It's an uh, individualistic direction. What does David say here? He says, I waited patiently, keywords, for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. It's just not an aimless waiting. It's not an aimless patience. It's waiting disposition-wise toward the Lord. He's waiting for the Lord to deliver. What does that look like? Look at the next few words. He heard my cry. It is a, a waiting that is filled with cries to the Lord. It's an anguish of prayer, of crying out to God, God, help me. As I was talking to some friends this week, some of the, one of the best uh, prayers in the Bible is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mark 9, the father with the demon-possessed child. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Even a simple prayer of, I'm impatient right now. God, grow my patience. I need you. I know, it's a scary prayer. He waited patiently for the Lord. Look what it produced in King David's life. Verse 2 is relief and firm footing. But most importantly, look at verse 3. 
Suffering and active waiting on God produced what? Worship. Worship. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise. Now think back to Romans 5. How does Paul say rejoice in your suffering? Well, here's our path. I'm in suffering. I'm crying to the Lord, waiting, waiting. And it it may be a long time. You may feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back down. But keep crying out to the Lord and He will visit you in your time of suffering and pain. Andrew Brunson is an American Presbyterian pastor who served for 25 years in Turkey as a pastor of Emir Resurrection Church. If you know the story, back in 2016, he was falsely accused of terrorism by folks in Turkey, and the government arrested him, where he spent two years in prison. Two years in prison. Finally, he was released in October of 2018 and returned to America Many interviews, he's just come out with a new book, but a recent interview he stated this, I found in prison that the most important thing, well, Jesus told us it was the most important thing, but it was underlined for me in prison, was to cultivate a devotion to God, to seek his face. And this is actually what I miss about prison, is that the conditions, the isolation and the fear drove me to seek him with desperation as a matter of spiritual survival. I'm not forced by anything now in my circumstances, and I can feel the drop-off of intensity in seeking Him. Did you hear that? It was almost as if He was saying, I miss that intimacy in my suffering, in my cell, in prison, where I was deeply crying out to God, and He met me there. And I've talked with people as a pastor over the years where where they've said essentially the same thing, and I I can see in my life where I, I can say the same thing as well, that I... I look back at a season in my life and I think, wow, that was incredibly, incredibly hard. But I met God in that season. I met the Lord. He heard my cry and He met me intimately. Active patience is waiting on the Lord in prayer when persecuted for your faith at school or when that persistent sin keeps nagging you. Or when your body is riddled with pain by lingering sickness or terminal illness. Active patience is crying out to God when there's ongoing strife in your family. Or when your marriage seems to be holding on by a thread. Or when you just can't seem to get ahead at work. Or you just feel overwhelmed by life. It's saying those little quick breath prayers. When someone cuts you off in traffic. Or when your child continues to act out in disobedience. Or he spills the milk. Or when your dog chews up your grill cover or your favorite chair. You need to grow in patience. Just get two Labrador Retrievers. And uh, that'll help you. In situations large and intense or small and fleeting, God is ever at work to produce patience and worship within your heart. I encourage you this morning, trust Him, cling to Him, cry out to Him in the midst of your trial. Know that He is there. He's closer than your skin. He is intimately involved in your life. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Waiting takes patience. 
Psalm 37, 9, For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. And then one of our favorites, Isaiah 40, 31, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Waiting is hard, but is blessed in the end. The scriptures speak of waiting on the Lord over 120 times, and largely in the Old Testament. Wait, it's a command. Wait on Him. You will not be disappointed. Which moves to our last point. What is our motivation? What's our motivation for clinging to the Lord, for trusting that He is growing my character, He's growing our patience? What moves us forward? One last passage. Turn with me to 1 Timothy. It's in the back of your Bible. Smaller book. Keep going past Galatians. You'll finally get there. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17. I'll give you just a minute to get there. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17. All right. And this is Paul writing. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Well, that should give us encouragement. He's the foremost, he says. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display, get this, his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal and visible to God, only wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You see that? God has been incredibly patient with us. A professor of mine would say in the seminary, he is the best parent. He has parented us really, really well. He's been patient with us as a father, loves his children. Many times in the Old Testament, it portrays God as slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Those are connected. When you're slow to anger, what, what flows out of that? Steadfast love or mercy, right? When you're patient with someone, the outcropping of that is mercy toward them. So that is what God is to us. He is patient, incredibly, incredibly patient. Our motivation is most clearly portrayed in the gospel itself. Jesus himself endured immense suffering through his imprisonment, through his beating, his persecution, even through his, his weight-bearing of our sin. He bore under our sin. He was patient in that. He endured the cross, despising its shame for the joy set before him. That is our Savior. The good news is that when we were hostile and highly impatient, Christ died for us. When we fail at patience right now, Christ died for us. That is our motivation. As we cry out for God, as we wait on God, we look to the gospel. We look to the cross and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your patience. We must remember God's patient love. And lastly, we must remember that God is sovereign. That He is in absolute control of every situation, large and small, in our lives. Everything, every moment, 
every frustration we bump into is the Holy Spirit's curriculum for our lives, and He is a great curriculum writer for us. He has written the curriculum for our lives so that we would grow in patience, that we would grow in all the fruit of the Spirit, and ultimately that we would grow in worship toward Him. We would adore Jesus. No pain is wasted. None. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17, and we'll end here. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's what the Lord is doing. He's moving us into glory after glory, moving forward to the great glory that will come when he returns. And therefore, in this minutia of our lives, he's building our faith, and in within that, he's building our patience as we wait on him. Encourage you, wait on him, trust him, cling to him. He loves you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You are good. Your steadfast love endures forever. You are eager to be patient toward us, and you have been. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've loved us thoroughly. You've been patient with us, and you carry us on toward growth and maturity. Lord, I pray as we engage in hardships of life that we would trust you. Lord, that we would wait on you, and in the waiting that we would know you deeply. Help us all with that. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.